Oh, snap. You know what day it is? Oh, I don't know what day it is, Chris. Is it May 31st? You guys, it's May 31st. May 31st is telling me that it is the sixth anniversary or sixth birthday. Oh, yes, it is. Of the one and one. Heard of it? It's a great drink. One and one for no one or actually everyone. (laughs) We were working. And I like it. A little event and serving competition espressos, macchiatos, cappuccinos. This is all these drinks based off of our competition. Signature drink. Signature drink. Everything based off comp blend. So we decided to do macchiatos instead of caps just because it's a more like. It was easier. We threw it on the menu. Yeah. Because we were splitting shots anyway. We were splitting shots. So Jared was serving someone espresso and a macchiato and we ran out of saucers. And I don't True. even think he knew what he was doing, but he just like I had to serve it. He had a he had a cap saucer, which is totally wrong, <laughs> and he threw the espresso on there and he threw the macchiato on there, like vice versa. Staggered macchiato first. Macchiato first. Macchiato. Staggered in like an angular way. Yeah. And he, they were like and they balanced were perfectly, nicely. and one was like sticking up higher than the other one, and I was like, dang, that looks sketch. <laughs> But it was actually locked on there pretty good. It was. You can move it around real well. And he just throws it on, and I was like looking. Because I was at the machine, and you were over at the bar. I was serving somebody, yeah. And I was just like, out. what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I was like kind of tripping. And I, I was like, like, yeah, I do this all the time. I'm all one and one huh? <laughs> Sick. one and one yeah, one and one Let's call it that. We so had a we, moment. We had a moment. Coined the term. Made the video one like the one. next day. We made a video. Yeah, we made a video the next day, and that video is up on our Vimeo page. We're gonna post it on the on the blog. Yeah. At catandcloud.com. So go over to the blog, and this video went live with made, our original Trubaca blog. With our original Trubaca blog, and it has like the first. The video is horrible. Is made on like a non-HD GoPro. Um, Dude, OG, the first OG Trubaca logo that yeah. somehow I just probably took a picture of it and put it on there. Like the frame rate doesn't walk up, it's match deep. up. It's like deep. So, and this is 2000 and whatever. 10. Yeah. So it went up on May 31st. Yeah. So we created it like this week, right about meow. This week, <laughs> right about meow. Uh, OG. You know what's crazy is we launched, yeah, we launched our first ever Trubaca blog, which I don't think is in, in existence anymore, but we have this whole company called Cat and Cloud now. It's fine. Uh, and I was very surprised because that video got like 1,700 views in 24 hours. Yeah. It was nuts. And that was, we didn't, we weren't doing anything back then. Like, no, we were in the blogosphere. We were, we were doing well in competition. We're doing some competition stuff. And then we threw this thing out there. And it was funny because then we started seeing it pop up on menus and stuff. People would be like, oh, one and one, one and one. We had a guy in Europe, uh, like in one week, a week in, he was like, hey guys, is it okay if you use the, if I use the one and one on my menu? I'm getting some boards made. I think it'd be really cool. And we were like, dude, the one and one is not proprietary information. (laughs) The one and one is for everybody to have and enjoy. Who are we to, like say you cannot serve this drink so anyway yeah we're we're I'm, super we're glad it's on everybody's menu sometimes it's kind of dorky but it's something that we're really proud of and i think it's I'm i think proud it's of really it. cool but yeah it's not it's not like nobody owns it you know it's it's kind of like the tree who can own the water who can own the water it's an Ernest goes to camp quote. it's kind of like the gibraltar thing yeah exactly it's just like lurking in the backgrounds everywhere yeah like you have a gibraltar you have a one-on-one yeah so you can have a gibraltar yes all I'm trying to say is one and one. You're welcome. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to you. All so, right. yeah. So, yeah. Now, go ahead and check out that video. We'll do a little write-up for it. And uh-huh. we're going to just dive into the regularly scheduled podcast. Stay gold. Stay gold. Ciao, ciao. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is Chris Baca with Jared Truby and Chuck Charles Jack. Jack. <laughs> 
We're out here sitting in the middle of a park, and we have a bunch of Q&A to do, a lot of questions. But first, we're going to go into the hashtag, you heard it from Chuck, weekly update from Charles Jack. He's going to rap about our green position and some other things you might be interested about. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) You're reporting live on the weather. It's uh, 70 degrees and sunny with a beautiful here in Santa Cruz. No chance of rain ever here. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, dude, after the last couple weeks when we've been picking some of the coffees for our blends, we've got those lined up and headed towards the bay real soon. And also just super stoked about, oh, picture, picture, Photoshop. Um, real stoked about the, the guats that we that we picked out in January, uh, landed in the bay last week. So we'll be having those coming to you real soon. And now back to Jer with sports. <laughs> yes, tonight is the game where <laughs> Dub Nation, the Warriors, play for their lives and the chance at the finals. It's game seven, it. yeah? Yes, happy Memorial Day. Thanks to all our soldiers out there and fallen soldiers. We respect you and we love you very much. And also, um, yeah, I hope everybody had a killer day. And I really, really hope that the Dub Nation goes to the next next. Dude, I was back I was in uh, back home in Oklahoma last week. So many tears. <laughs> game six. <laughs> so many tears. Shit's tear. <laughs> I was quietly rooting for the Warriors while everyone else in the state was like rioting. You're all, we cool, man. We cool. That game was next level. I thought it was going to be, it was basically going to be nearly impossible. They didn't even have a, a lead for more than like five seconds the entire game to the last minute. And then Clay was all, I'm going to drop 40 on them. And then I'm going to let Stephen Curry <laughs> do a thing called be the MVP at the end of the game. And, uh, you guys should try that. I want to try being the MVP. So you know what could help real quick is if you guys could go out and donate to our Kickstarter. We're killing it still, but we got approximately, what, nine days as of today? Nine days right now, so this will probably come out tomorrow. So Tuesday. By the time you the listen eight. to this, there'll be eight days left. Right now we've got $23,653 pledged out of 30000 that we need. We have 215 backers, which is fantastic. Fantastic. Trending right now is a lot of people upping their donation, which Thank is you. blowing my mind. Thank you from all of us. It's been insane. We've seen a few people just go in and up their donation. We even asked them about it. Why did you I'm do like, that? You're making me feel <laughs> what's, weird. What's wrong with you? Why are you giving us more money? I can't give you a back rub or anything. And uh, it's because they believe in us, and it's it's great. So, yeah, we're on that home stretch the last full week. So if you can donate or share, we appreciate you so much. And we're going to give you, obviously, the prize that you get when you donate. But we're going to keep trying to bring, actually not even trying, we're going to keep bringing this kind of information to you and just spread that specialty coffee gospel. So Gospel. Gospel. Um, we haven't, haven't actually talked too specifically about where that money is going, but a big majority of it is actually uh, going to our roaster. Um, pretty much like 20 grand of that's going straight to the roaster. And then... The other 10 is actually going to be really helpful. We had a lot of odd curveballs from the county that are costing us a lot. There's been a lot of hidden fees that have kind of added up to actually far more than $10,000, but um, it's actually been a pretty legit chunk to our pocketbook. Um, and so we haven't actually specifically said where that money's going, but we have to pay for a lot of stuff. that and 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 if we can't pay for it um we will take a little bit longer to get open because we have the funds but we have to collect it in different ways so uh it will be weird (laughs) anyway we'd love to get open and you're the you're basically the deciding factor by getting this kickstarter together so um thank you in advance for all those people who have done that um and now you've heard it from myself and chuck and chris you heard it from jer you You heard (laughs) it hashtag from jer you heard it from jer 
<laughs> just felt like I needed to share that with everybody. Um, and and a quick and a quick. Uh, we're getting a San Franciscan roaster. We have talked about this. Yeah, we're getting a 25 LB roaster from San Franciscan, and it's going to be Poseidon Green. It's going to be Poseidon Green. And other colors. And raw steel. And we're not going to tell you the exact configuration, but it's going to look sick. I so think you're going to want to come see it. You're definitely going to want to come see it. It's going to be behind some sweet glass doors. You'll be able to just stargaze into it. We might let you touch it. If it's, it's not on him, you're not going to burn yourself. You can, you can come in and touch it for sure. Maybe maybe flick a couple knobs, oh, touch a button. Snap. Um, that could feel Matt nice. and Bill are building it yes. from San Franciscan, mm-hmm. and Matt is rad. He's super communicative, so yep. thanks, Matt. Um, and and then, it's got some doodads on it. It's I've roasted on the classic SF25, like a vintage one. This one, they're putting on some variable speed exhaust air, hot air fan, variable drum speed, a whole new control panel. So it's got some stuff. Yeah, we get some things going down. Uh, and then we haven't forgotten it will be the, um, by tomorrow, basically, we'll have decided and we'll have to give you another update on who won that Encore Grinder. Mm-hmm. Get ready for the hotness. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, I mean, let's jump into this P- this podcast Q&A and it's we'll P get and we'll key. get to we'll get P to the and e. PG&E this thing that means Pacific Gas and Electric you guys we give them across money the sometimes world. too we give everybody money right now and we don't take any but maybe we will at the end of the, what eight nine days from now there's a chance we could take some cash in and spend it on some good stuff we got a hot one to start the day this one this one's out of control from Devin he says hey I want to ask about tasting coffee and how does coffee really taste with tea, I can pull very distinct flavors out. Honey, plum, even floral is still very flowery. There's no searching through the liquid because the flavors show themselves very upfront or returning, but the flavors are distinct. However, with coffee, even getting it in shops, well-known places with many accolades, or from roasters, or even roasting myself, though the last is obvious, I cannot taste these flavors. Yes, I do generally get of uh, this is fruity-ish or this is sweet slash creamy, I recently bought greens with the flavor descriptor of Darjeeling tea. I know Darjeeling tea and like all types of teas, they are distinct in their attributes. So my question is, even with a quote unquote God shot, are you tasting this very specific notes or even ones not described, but something distinct rather than is it creamy? And you think of something creamy like Brazilian nut. And so Brazilian nut is slapped on the descriptor. It's a good question. He says, I'm working my way backwards through your podcast, so if you've already gotten to this, no problem, but I just thought I should ask you guys. I mean, there's layers to that. Uh, first thing, which it sounds like you've already done this, and for anybody who maybe doesn't know, is you got to make sure that you have a really nice grinder and you're getting your ratios right and your water's super hot and there's all the basics of brewing to help you with that along the way. The other thing I would say is taste everything because palate development takes a long time. And there are a lot of people who just make up. They're like... Yeah, it's kind of like cherry acidity. It's Bing cherry, so that's the one you're gonna taste. And and the reality is, is I I believe that's all marketing, um, and maybe coming from like a good place. But at the end of the day, it's still very general. There are times when I think there's stuff that's relatively spe- specific, but it takes a lot of time to develop a palate where you you can call out those flavors and have somebody necessarily agree with you. They're also not always tasting the same experience at the same time that you're having. So that's also. You're dealing with a complex thing in coffee. It's got like over 800 million trillion aromatic, volatile aromatics. I can't remember the number, but it's far more than I, wine. I have it right here, actually. Thank you. Pull it up, Chris. Um, roughly 850 identifiable volatile aromatic compounds compared to roughly 200 
in present wine. in wine. Yeah, so that's a pretty complex situation, brother. Tasting coffee is hard because, hey, brother. <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> just, just throwing it out there. Me and Hulk Hogan here. Brother, come on down. I'm going to make you some coffee. You're going to taste like Darjeeling Hulk tea. Hulk <laughs> I think coffee's tricky because tricky it's such uh, a heavy beverage, and it's something that's inherently bitter, and... It can go wrong a lot of ways in the brewing, but I really think, for me at least, I had to taste a lot of coffee for many years before I was really comfortable with the idea of matching up what I was tasting with these descriptors that people were saying. Big time. And keep in mind that there's not, like, I think about it in terms of flavor notes and not generally flavors. So, you know, if you see a bag that says vanilla on it, it's not going to taste like vanilla. Like you're peeking through the coffee and you'll get vanilla notes, but if you yeah. expect it to taste vanilla sweet, that's probably not going to happen. I think part of that is like what Jared said, that's our fault by being, or the industry's fault by being mm-hmm. like so upfront, like this tastes just like vanilla. Right. Um, there's notes in there. You got you got to peek through the curtain. But I think just taste a lot of coffee. Chuck's jumping in. Yeah, and I mean I think another thing that's one of the best things you can do is to taste coffee with other people who probably have more experience tasting coffee than you, and and hear what they taste, and then try to taste those same same things in the coffee. I mean, it's hard to just pull out of the air what being cherry tastes like or what you know. Th- some of these like ethereal flavors taste like so when you're actually in the cupping room tasting with other people that's the opportunity when you can really kind of try to to attach these flavors to what you're tasting even in even in tea you can i think honestly in a lot of oolong teas there's a way for you to taste a specific stone fruit sort of situation and being able to to taste other beverages and remember those flavors and those nuances in coffee will be helpful. I mean, a lot of the times people will say, um, say they say flavors of citrus, but really what they're tasting is an acidity that is actually reminding them more of citrus than it is of like a cherry. And they're, they're naming something based on like a, a feeling of acidity and, and giving it some sort of like anchor point in a fruit or, or flavor. Um, I'm going to take a real quick moment to pitch something called elixir that I love because I actually think elixir is a really good gateway drug in coffee to taste nuances. Um, I really do believe that that, that drink is all nuanced and there's a lot of ways to taste those flavors that are hard to pull out of a heavy cup of coffee, as Chris said, because of the brewing process that they use in elixir. Um, so love it or hate it. I think that is a huge advantage there and I think it could be a really nice training tool, um, if nothing else for you, which I like it, so I drink it. Um, anyway, question, question sort of yeah. answered. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I think it's just take your time. You know, Take your time. Take your time. time is really your I remember cupping friend. in Stumptown at the Annex, and I'd been working in coffee for a number of years, and I was just totally lost. And the yeah. only coffee that I could even close to identify with was the natural the processed natural. coffee at the end of the table Always. that had some kind of fruit. And I was like, okay, I get that. Everything else, don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. You're maybe insane. But you're on the right track, man. You It sounds like you enjoy tasting things, so if you put in the time and taste a lot of coffee, it'll come to you. While you're pulling up that next message, I'd like to share a message that is written on this park bench. It mm. says, smoke weed 420, cannabis with a dollar sign. <laughs> so I'm not necessarily going to endorse it, but whoever sat here before me is <laughs> definitely claiming. Smoke weed 420. They also have some really high-end uh, carving skills. <laughs> Use the switchblade, I'm sure. This. What's the next question, Chris? <laughs> okay, this is from uh, Raph. Hey, Raph. Gentlemen, first of all, I'm a fan and rooting for you guys. You'll kick ass. Thanks, I'm a fr- Raph. I'm a fan of your size. Uh, Raph lives in Philly with his wife, son, dog, and soon-to-be-here daughter. 
He likes long walks on the beach, pina colada, and getting caught in the rain. Shout out to Ginny Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Ginny Buffett. Seriously, I'm Brazilian and soon to be American too. I'm interested in all aspects of coffee, but I've never worked in the industry. I played around with the Ranchilio Silvia V60 Aeropress, getting a Chemex on Craigslist at some point. All right, on with the questions. One, if you were in my shoes and wanted to get some formal barista training, would you consider the SCAA pathway? It ain't cheap. Question number two. I want to get into the coffee business, but the only way I see it is if I open my own roastery or I get a job as a wholesale account manager. I've been in B2B sales for eight years. Do you see a different path? Even being as awesome and supportive as my wife is, WAF, the wife approval factor, will be pretty low if it involves me putting our family in a dire financial situation. Money ain't everything, but it sucks to be broke. What would Drew Baca do? Hashtag WWTD. So, Raph, I actually wrote you an email back. And that's electronic mail for anybody That's an listening. electronic mail. Sent uh, over the internet. It's new. It's new. Let's just, yeah, dude. Question number You're one. You're in a pickle, bro. I'm in a pickle. I'm not even in a pickle. I've been no, pretty No, he's in a pickle. This. Oh, he's in a, yeah, Raph's in a pickle. Uh, one, would you consider the SCA pathway? No, I would not. And this is coming from someone who has his IDP. I teach at the SCA classes, and I think they're good for a lot of things. But... If you're interested in learning how to make espresso, you should hire an independent like training consultant, someone like Heather Perry, someone like Eden Marie, someone like Pete Licata. The reason I say that is the SCAA pathway is very expensive and the play is long. You can test out of your level one, but you can't test out a level two or three and the knowledge you would have to, to accumulate the same knowledge that you could get in a week with working with a consultant. You would have to go through SCA trainings for years because there's not that many of them around. You can only knock out two or three at a time and they're a lot of money. So I would take that couple thousand bucks that you would spend to go to a camp and Where's classes he live? all in. He's in Philadelphia, Philly. And I would find, you know, maybe on the East coast, like hit up counterculture. Yeah. Or yeah, I don't know. Look at look at the Licata coffee consultant situation. I just say that because Pete's a great trainer. Yeah. I heavily endorse Pete. He <laughs> knows a lot of stuff. He trains very well. And I, I really think that with something like that, you will get more bang for your buck. You will get further along in the road yeah, as in far, less time. I agree. I mean, as far as the industry goes, you might, to be able to make the dollar that you need, you're either going to have to really put together a solid business plan and like put in the time and make the cash. Um, meanwhile, you should be saving a fair amount of cash to keep yourself afloat in that startup time. Or you should probably seek out a job where you can be at a mid to high level position with one of those bigger companies in Intelli or a Stumptown or maybe a, a, yeah, a Verve or a, or a counterculture. Somewhere where you can get in at, at a sales level and, and make some cash and then you can you can maybe learn by going in the back way by by working with some of those trainers on staff there. But it's it would be hard for you to support a family and start at uh, us old dogs, you know, teaching them new tricks. It takes uh, a lot of <laughs> <laughs> an investment. <laughs> it's worth it if you need to do it, but uh, definitely protect yourself with like some some cushion of cash on the interim. Yeah, that's just reality. I think another way to get good training for cheap is to get a job at a coffee shop. Get a side job. Work like two days job. a week or if, something. If you can get a side job and find a place they'll train to be a barista, that could give you like a hint to what the day-to-day -day looks like and see do i actually want to be here or would i actually be happier if i just kept coffee as a hobby yeah because that's legit too yeah 
All right, get us to the next next. To the next next. To the next to the next next. To the next to the next. Everybody doing stuff. Max. Max says, hey, guys, I bought a bag of the Masira from Counterculture Coffee. I don't know if I uh, pronounced that right. The aromatics are the sweetest, smoothest cola on the planet. I dream about it. It smells so good. But when I make it, it tastes like all the other coffee I make. But with a slight hint of cola, if I try really hard to think about it as I drink it, just tastes like coffee to me. Maybe I have an underdeveloped palate. Maybe my brewing is off. I have a Brazza Encore using a V60, 566 grams of water at 185 to 200 degrees, 35 grams, 35 grams of coffee, ground semi-fine. I'm just not getting the flavor I would expect from such a beautiful smelling bag of beans. thought maybe you guys would have some insight. Why it not taste like it smells? What's happening? Why? Why does it not? Why, Johnny? Max is real sad about that. How do you go about developing your palate enough to taste the coffee for what it really is with all the flavors? And is it possible to get those intense flavors out of brewed coffee and not just espresso? That's part one. Small side question. If this coffee were to be made as espresso, would it bring out the cola flavors and be able to, and would that be able to be tasted in the espresso? The only good espresso I've tried was very fruit forward and I didn't get anything but berry. I guess my assumption is that espresso would be the most calibrated and dialed in tasting coffee that can be made with those beans if that makes sense i think i know what you're saying so does making it as an espresso bring out the flavor profile of every coffee individually i never taste what the flavor notes are on the bag (laughs) or does making coffee as espresso make a lot of different coffees taste very similar i guess i just haven't tried enough espresso to get a feel for varieties of coffee and their flavor profiles i know i was all over the place so if you're willing to just answer to the best of your ability sorry that was confusing thanks for taking the time to read this and help me out good golly gee willikers it all sounds like extraction issues yeah and max on all levels potentially we talked to max already on an electronic mail again electronic mail i remember that and what we suggested to max was to maybe coarsen up his grind a little bit yeah and speed up his brewing time this is the reason this we is how did that. this is how we arrived to this. Coffee from counterculture smells good. Can assume that the coffee's of good quality and roasted well, so there is some flavors locked in there. Yeah, Lim Butler, he's like a U.S. champion. Yeah, he's he a pretty he's a pretty fair barista. Yeah, high end. He's a high end. He's a high end champ. Top dog. And when Max is brewing it, and he says it just tastes like coffee to me. To me, what what that's telling me is that. The flavors are muddled. It's High like, bitterness, maybe. Yeah, it's probably over-extracted, yep. meaning he's extracted all the good stuff out of the coffee, and then there's more water running through it, or, it's yep. in, or the contact time is too high. Yes. In this case, we knew is the contact time because we've got a good coffee-to-water ratio here. He's got 35 grams of coffee, 566 yeah. grams of water. He's got his ratio of right. water. His ratio is proper. Temperature seems fine. So temperature, honestly, I think could go hotter too. He said 185 to 200. Yeah, I think hotter the better, personally. And then whatever but, you know, that's yeah. well, that's it. just keep going, keep we'll going. Keep that's going. all. Hotter, better. Hotter, hotter, better. Make hotter, it hot, better. Make it hot. So, Longer. but here he's pr- he's already over extracting. It seems like because his contact time is too long. Yeah. So he's just letting it brew for too long. So by coarsening the grind, decreasing the contact time, and chopping off some of the extra extraction on the back end that you don't need, you should get more presence of like flavor. Yeah. More identifiable, more clarity of flavor, less muddled flavor. I mean, in this case, it worked. I believe it worked. he wrote us back. He wrote back, and yeah. he said, I coarsened it up, made my brew time faster. Flavor's way more sweet, way more present. It tastes more like it smelled. Thank you so much. Booyah. Booyah. Bitter solubles were taking him down, and now they're not. 
<laughs> yeah. And that's and cool. So, and this is, again, just in a nutshell, it's a little bit more complex. There's a tons of things that are dissolving as you're brewing coffee. But if you think of it in three stages, once you start hitting coffee with water, different compounds dissolve at different rates. The acids dissolve first. Yep. So that's why you get coffee that's really under extracted or doesn't have enough contact time. It's got a ton of acidity. The compounds that contribute to the coffee sweetness dissolve second, but the bitterness and like really dry astringent compounds dissolve last. So if you push your extraction too far, brew for too long, or pump too much water through it, you're going to get those bitter compounds, which are going to lead to a more boring cup Yep. overall. Yep. And your finish is going to be good. I yep. hope that made sense on the internet. I think that made sense. Does that make sense? Work it, make it. Do it, make it. Espresso, make it faster and longer. Oh, no. Uh, and then his questions about espresso, which is, Neat. I guess what he's asking in a nutshell is, does making it as espresso bring out the flavor profile of every coffee individually, or does making it as espresso make a lot of coffees taste very similar? No, I think that the flavor of the coffee, I think, I actually talked about this in a competition routine where uh. I said that espresso is like looking at coffee through a microscope or a magnifying glass, something to that effect. Correct. Uh, yeah, the I actually, under I actually the believe that whatever is inherently, <laughs> yeah, whatever is inherently in that coffee will be amplified exponentially in your extraction, provided you do a good job with the correct ratio and and using that same exact time time of extraction and not taking it too far or too big in volume or yep. too short or the other way around. Um, I, that's why I love espresso because I think it's th a quick way to really learn what's going on with that coffee. Yeah, because of the pressure, the, you will get those really intense flavors, but you can suffer from the same brewing problem. So if you took 10 espressos, 10 different coffees, brew them as espresso properly, you would really, like big Jared difference. said, big difference. You would be magnifying those coffees' inherent qualities, and you'd get a whole crazy range of flavors. We tasted a Burundi that was washed today, an Ethiopian Sadamo that was washed, and then a, Natty a natural Guji this morning, and they were all dramatically different. Way different. If you all pulled at a similar extraction as well. Right. If you over extract all of them and run too much water through them or brew them for too long, then you can make them taste all the same because you'll just like mute them out. Get a lot of dryness boring, and bitterness. Get a lot of dryness and yeah. they'll just taste like hot espresso coffee water. That's gross. So you can do both. That's gross. Apply the same techniques you would to your V60 to your espresso tastes or the so same... Like same theories, anyway. Soy sauce. There is. <laughs> <laughs> Jared really wants to get that umami flavor going. Ooh, mummy. All right. Let's see. You ready to talk about espresso machines? Next up, espresso machines, yeah. This one is long. Okay, how long? Because we've already been on here for 45 minutes? Nope. That's not true. It can't even be true. I wish I wasn't a liar. No, that's how much time I have left on this card. <laughs> that's my B, you guys. Love you. Okay, I'm going right, to jump. Fi fire up some just parts of it or something. Yeah, I'm going to jump in halfway and just try to cut to the cut to the chase. I'd love to buy an espresso machine for my house, but don't want to drop a couple thousand bucks. Any Respect. experience with home machines and the quality of espresso they make? My first thought was the Nova Appia one group machine. It's like three grand. But if I could spend a grand or less and get a machine that can make true espresso, that's what I'd like to do. That's one part of his question. So I, I'm not too versed on home espresso machines. I'll just shoot you. I'm gonna double straight you. Super straight. The same way. Rocket makes awesome home espresso machines. That Expo Bar range, they do some good stuff like the Brutus. Mm -hmm. I've used it a little bit, and then 
People really seem to be fans of the Breville dual boiler. People love the Breville. At a price point, which I think that thing's, it's not even at 2000 bucks yet. I feel like it's in that $1,500 range. Mm-hmm. I haven't used one of those, but I've heard very good things about it. So yeah, your mileage may there's vary. There's a couple of pretty pro baristas who are endorsing the Krups machine, but I'm not sure I do. I don't know about that. I, uh, but yeah, check out check out the Breville stuff. Check out some of the lower end Rocket. The Rocket is still a little bit more expensive. You'll definitely be spending more than a couple grand. How much is the uh, Ranchilio Silva? Silvia is like five hundred bucks. People get away. Actually, with it might be seven fifty. You can definitely make good you can espresso, make good espresso on with it. that. And it's got some workarounds. So if you want to steam milk too, you can do it with that. But it will not simultaneously steam and pull. Yeah. So if like, you just want espresso, I think you could pull it off with that machine. It's got a true fifty-eight millimeter portafilter basket. So it's definitely worth put a it look. on the table. the The real catcher is just figure out your total budget. Take that budget and allocate seventy five percent of that budget to your grinder. Yep. And then buy the best espresso machine you can with the money that you have left. Yeah, over. it won't matter unless you have a nice grinder. And if espresso proper grinder. And then if you still have a really low budget, you should. This sounds like a really jerky thing to say, but save more money or opt out of the home espresso only because if you drink a lot of coffee at really high-end coffee shops and you're used to a certain flavor profile and you have a thousand dollar budget to make coffee at home you may be disappointed depending on what grinder you can get your hands on might be real so look look into the grinder first and foremost real talk then he has another question good also, I was wondering why I never hear anything about Nova Simonelli, Slayer, or Seneso, or any of the other big guys that make machines. La Marzocca is virtually the only name in the game in every cafe in Denver that I've been to, with the exception of one that rocks Estrada, which is La Marzocca also. Um, so, one more question tacked onto that. I'm looking to start a small business at some point in coffee, and I eventually want to grow a new cafe sitting. If I'm not moving a tremendous amount of coffee every single day, do you think an Appia 3 group would work for a slow cafe setting? I've heard that the machine doesn't have the chops of an Aurelia, but you can make bad espresso with either machine. He's reached out to La Marzocco and Nova Simonelli about finding some used machines, and nobody really has a name. Let's see. Nova emailed back within a half hour, said so he didn't have used ones, but offered me a brand new Appia 3 group for $4,000 when retail is like $72.50. They seem like good dudes and was wondering why no one carries their machines. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to read all this. You guys are awesome. And if I'm ever in Santa Cruz, I'll come in for some Java. So, I mean, shop. to say nice things about Simonelli, that machine actually will work great for you. And what's awesome about Simonelli is they have a. Um, I believe they have like a tech package involved. So if anything goes weird with your with your machine, I believe you can pay for a service where it's always taken care of, or maybe it comes with it. I can't remember how that works. Yeah, I can't but remember. But they do some pretty called. amazing service opportunities, and um, I actually have had some very amazing coffee off of those machines. They're used in all the competitions. In case you didn't know that, which maybe you don't. Well, the Aurelia is, but the he's Aurelia talking is. about the Appia. Yeah, yeah. Like sorry, New, I'm just saying Nuova Simonelli because he said oh, right, well, right, he doesn't right. see Nobody them often. Nobody hears about them. Yeah, but they're they're the the main sponsor of all the competitions for a barista to come. Uh, in us and worlds and everywhere so they're the main sponsor for that every machine is that way um i think the appia can be sick doesn't it have you can program um everything on that thing the yeah i mean the appia doesn't have the bells and whistles but it's just a standard heat exchanger machine right. that will pull fine espresso can't you like set the timer as well and like on it on the newer ones like volumetric dosing or something no, like that oh yeah or kind of yeah i, think I haven't something like that i've only used the appia three times because they had one that one at the penny and then they had one at assembly uh, yeah 
both of which I've done. They're mm-hmm. restaurants in Santa Cruz that I've done wholesale trainings right. at. And they have an Appia. Totally capable. You can make totally delicious espresso with it. 4000 bucks isn't that much for a machine. Yeah. And it's... <sighs> these questions are so, well, so tricky. Yeah, I mean, some of it's about the relationships that you've built uh, over the years. So, like, we're really tight with the La Marzocco team. I know a lot of them and have known a lot of them forever. Um, and I think they do a pretty amazing job in getting out there. And I think... Simonelli's been doing a really great job doing the same thing. I think La Marzocco did that early on by uh, investing in competitions. And now Simonelli is investing in competitions. And mm-hmm. um, I think you're seeing, or I'm seeing them in more places because of that. I think it's a good move. You get to learn companies better. Um, Simonelli and Slayer, are, I mean, they all make good espresso machines for what you want. So you're kind of talking about like an aesthetic a lot of the time, depending on the business owner. There's a lot of Slayers out there. They're fairly expensive. Simonelli's up there too. I mean, it's I crazy. Like, yeah, Lamarzoco is just like the quintessential dual boiler espresso machine manufacturer. Right. And then they have a more of a range than some of the other companies. So if you buy a Slayer, you're paying a lot of money for that Slayer. And the thing looks sick and it's probably worth it, but they don't really have an entry level kind of affordable machine. Yeah. Whereas exactly. with La Marzocco, you'd know that even if you buy the standard Linea Classic, you're getting the dual boiler machine with saturated group. Right. And it's like bar proven over years and years and years and years. So that's probably why you see La Marzocco's. They've just been around longer than Seneso and Slayer. And I think, you know, Mark at Seneso used to work at La Marzocco. Right. And the Slayer guys, they're all spinoffs of La Marzocco or were former employees of. It's it becomes almost like boutique-y, and that can be super awesome. It becomes it can be just becomes a niche in a market already. I mean, some of those new Slayers that are coming out are They're looking sick. sick. Yeah, they look, <laughs> they look super gangster. gangster. I see them and I'm like, damn. I'm like, <laughs> nice job. Is it's that a that thing is made from pure power, isn't it? <laughs> that metal work, it's so clean. Pure power. There's uh, and there's even more espresso machines coming out that are like encounter espresso machines. There's a lot of insane stuff going on. It's these are all specific things for specific business owners and people who have intention and in what they want to see out of their machines. And for the people who just want espresso machines, an Appia can be great. And a La Marzocco can be great on a bunch of different levels. It, yeah. It's, um, Would an Appia 3 group work in a slow cafe sitting? Yes. It's more than enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Anybody that tells you you can't make good espresso on that is just straight up tripping. Or they're like overly overly dorky yeah. yeah they're just super biased and i get it i mean like we're not gonna run one i mean we are gonna have lama machines because but, they're awesome yeah. they make awesome co- coffee they don't have like weird maintenance issues and we know that and we have a great relationship with the people yeah that make them and have for years tight bros from way back when getting, getting together, together again oh, that's beautiful like i always. mean really you buy your espresso machine and like th- that should be the least stressful thing decision you have to make as a business owner i was actually talking with somebody about this uh i heard somebody just bumming out that they weren't busy because they bought a cool looking espresso machine and that maybe actually it was you talking about somebody else chris i don't know we were talking (laughs) together but i'm like geez people who are they're thinking about the wrong things like if the espresso machine is the culmination of your entire business model then you got issues love you it's a tool to use you know what i mean it's a tool just like everything else just like Chris and I, a couple tools. Just a couple tools trying to make a coffee real nice. And Charles make some kicks ass, stoked. but we're a couple tools. We're a couple tools. 
You heard it from Chuck. You heard it from Jer. Hashtag. That's all the the Q in the A that we have. We've got so much A to Q right, right then. now. Guys, we have a couple of sweet guests uh, coming up in the relatively near future just to keep you guys excited. We have a guy named Brandon Paul Weaver who has agreed to be on the show and this amazing gal roaster named Jen Apodaca. These two have both agreed to be on. That doesn't mean they're going to be on this week or next week, but it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. And we're coming up actually um, on our one year anniversary of starting this podcast, which is absolutely insane. And so for all y'all who have been along since the beginning, thank you so much. Uh, and for all y'all who are just coming on, go back and check out all those episodes. And if you feel like it, say really hecka sweet things about us on the internet. <laughs> like, hoka cool stuff. Cool, dude. <laughs> Jerry, you see that coffee? It tastes hoka good. Yeah, that coffee's hoka good. Dude, hoka tight. <laughs> Pop on. Give Pop us a little by. thing. Uh, iTunes. Rate, review. Yeah, subscribe. subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. Tell share your friends. It. it really helps us. And what it helps us do when you rate and review us on iTunes is if someone's searching for coffee information, the more reviews we have, the more our, stu our stuff will pop up in the search. So yep. if people want good info that we have, they'll be able to find it more easily. We're here to give you info. We're here for you. Uh, other than that, any updates from you, Chris? Nope. I think that's it. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is Chris, Jer, and Chuck. And Chuck. You, you heard, heard it from, it from Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you on the flip side. Stay Peace. gold. <laughs>